Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Everything is real at Royal. I tell you, this double whammy coming up right now may not please our next guest because he's a vegan. Our Oilers Now headliner today is George LaRock, and it is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock today. That's W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. I will tell you that uh, Royal Pizza does have a vegetarian. I've never personally ordered it. I've either gone with the Mediterranean chicken or the meat lovers. Uh, Brendan's a fan of the Texans. but uh, George LaRock, uh, I think George is still a vegan. Uh, George, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Are you kidding me? The intro with all this meat, Bob? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I know about you, George, you, you don't uh, pontificate and tell other people uh, how to eat, <laughs> other than the fact that you took, you took cracks about a, uh, uh, a fast food restaurant that you, or fast food uh, place that used to be right by your place and my place in the city's southwest end for a number of years. To the point that the guy that owned the store actually brought it up. He goes, does George not like her? I go, no, no, no. He's just having fun with it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Well, so. Yeah, no, but, you know, Bob, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be further along, Bob, if I if I wasn't mad against everyone that ate meat because all my friends do, right? So yeah, I know yeah. I'm a minority right now, and it's okay. I respect everyone that does. It's not a crime to eat meat, but uh, it's, it's, it's uh, personal choice. People always make fun of me. Yeah, personal uh, choice, but people always make fun of me because of it. George, I'm going to totally give you a curveball to start off with here. I'm going to read you a stat, okay? Okay, okay. Last night, Leon Dreisaitl recorded his fourth career game with five or more points. That is sixth most in Oilers history. So Dreisaitl has four. Glenn Anderson had six five-plus point games. Connor McDavid had seven five-plus point games. Paul Coffey had ten five-plus point games. Yari Curry had 14 five-plus point games. How many do you think Wayne Gretzky had? 20. 79. 79? <laughs> he had 79 games as an oiler. Where he had five. <laughs> like, I, that's, when I saw that, I had somebody send me that stat this morning. And I'm like, you know, I, that's, I, I was surprised that McDavid had already catapulted above Glenn Anderson and was at seven. I don't see Mark Messi on that list. So I'll have to look up the Mark Messi. 
<laughs> and I'm like you. I'm thinking. Actually, actually, let me give you another trivia, okay? I'll tell you that trivia, okay? Yeah. How about this one? I'm going to give you three players. You're going to tell me the fourth one, okay? You're okay. going to give me the fourth one. I'm talking about players that in the regular season that had two goals and a major penalty, a fighting major. Two okay. goals and a penalty. They had two. I'm talking about, I'm going to tell you the name of three guys that had three goals, like three games with two goals and one fighting major penalty, okay? You're okay. going to tell me the fourth guy. One okay. of them is Gordy Al. Yep. The other one is Eric Lindros and Claude Gillies. Those three guys in their career, they had three games with two goals and one major fight. Who's the fourth guy? George LaRock. How did you know that? Well, George. <laughs> I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How did George, you know that? You got Well, you got a hat trick against L.A., and you fought, uh, what was his name, Mac, Mac something. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but this one doesn't count because it's a hat trick. There's three other games that had two goals in a major. But how did you know that? I, well, I just figured it out. I mean, you had you had two. In fact, I put a tweet out a couple of days ago, George. When the remember when you guys went on that nine game winning streak back in I think it was two thousand yes, two, two two goals against Asset, yeah, yeah, against Dominic Hasek. Do you remember those but, two goals? Yes, yes, but I didn't. I didn't fight that game. Yeah, because other than my Hasek, I had two. I, I had eight two goals games, eight of them, and two of them I had a fighting major with them. So that means, Bob. But I blew another chance of having a hat trick eight other times. Can you believe it? <laughs> I could have had another hat trick, and eight times I blew it. Well, it's way tougher to do today, George, because there's way fewer fighters. Speaking of yeah, which, speaking of which, Milan Lucic, who did not want to fight you when Milan was with Boston, and he was uh, like he was a top six player at that time. He's a third line guy now. I want to ask you this. I mean, and Milan's playing well for Calgary, George. He's he's playing pretty good right now for the Flames. Yeah, what yeah, what did yeah. you what did you think of Darnell Nurse? Who's playing 25 minutes a game, stepping up and fighting uh, Milan the other night when the Oilers played the Flames? Well, I'm not surprised because uh, Donald Nurse is the full package in the NHL today. With his speed and everything that he brings up, he's, he's amazing. At one point, he was leading up uh, the demons and the points, that which was, you know, it's unorthodox of him because you know he's not used to to that. But he could do it all, and it's amazing. I'm so glad that the Oilers have kept him over the years because I know in the beginning and a couple of years ago in trade, team were interesting in him. But a big guy like that that could skate already, it's so rare, and it's tough. Because we've said it before, with Cassian up front and him at D, like uh, the, the, are you talking about toughness? The Oilers are good in that department with him because he could go with anyone. He can mix it up with anyone. He's big, he's tall, he's tough. And uh, the guy could play. I love, I love his attitude too. He's a positive guy in the dressing room. You could tell him when you talk to him, when you see him, and uh, he's gonna play a long, like he's gonna have a long career in the NHL. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's an interesting one. You talked about at one point he was amongst. He's still in the top ten in defense scoring. George, he doesn't play on the first unit power play. All those other guys that are like like Tyson Berry's got 20 points in the last 22 games, and there would be some people that would say actually his points per 60 on the power play aren't great. 
Um, they're just okay. But he's, you know, he does have 22 points this year. Darnell's at 19 points, and he does not get a lot of first unit. He's doing most of that five on five. But others might say, George, that's because he gets to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl a lot, and that might help you play, uh, put up some five on five points. What do you think of the Oilers putting McDavid and Dreisaitl back together? You know, when, when I saw McDavid, I think for four games now, he, he was pointless. And uh, I was like, that's, that, that's unusual, right? And I guess, you know, if, if they separate those two guys together, you separate them, it's easier to, to defend them if they're not together. As when they're together, how can you defend both of them at the same time? So that's why when I look at that, I think it's a good strategy because most teams are using all their best players to play all together. So I think that for that, it made a huge difference. And then, you know, team, it's impossible to stop that line, those two guys together, because if you try to stop one, you'll free up the other, and uh, it's amazing. Since the beginning of the season, if they would have been together, um, you know, from day one, then Connor would have already, like, 70 points by now. <laughs> 70 points? You think he'd have oh, 20 man. more? Well, I, I think he would have raised at least two. Like, right now, he's 170 point a game. And you'd yep. uh, have, have like with dry saddle all season long in the, in that in that Canadian division that half the team don't have any goalies that half the team has no defense. Look how much success they have against Ottawa. Like if all the games, imagine that they were combined together. Like those guys have thirty points combined together against Ottawa. Like it's crazy. So I think that um, if uh, you put them all together in the regular season, they would have way more. You would have rates maybe two point two points a game so far. I think. Well, you know, it's interesting, George, because you've seen a lot of Boston over the years, and they play that perfection line together, and it needs to be stated, Bergeron is a great two-way centerman. So he does a lot of the defensive stuff, and they allow Marchand and Pasternak. I'm not taking anything away from Marchand and Pasternak. They're both all-star players. Uh, and as much as I would hate, you know, if, if Marchand's on your team, you love him, and if he's not on your team, you want to kill him out there because he does stuff all the time that crosses the line. That is a a great line. They can do that though because you, uh, George. Why is why is Boston able to do that in your opinion? Why can they load up their three best players on one line like that on a consistent basis and still have success? Why do you think they can pull that off? Man, Boston, like the, the system of that team is, is incredible because for the longest time, I'm always wondering how they were able to do that because all the scoring is in the top line, and you look at the rest, and it's not it's not the same, but and even look at the brass right now, healthy scratch is not playing well, and they're still finding ways to win. You know, even with all the defensemen court hurt right now, they're finding ways to win. So it's crazy how the contribution, everybody comes in, even though uh, the top line, like even Krejci, we know he's gone uh, next year. He's not going to be there anymore. But the secondary scoring that they have from the other lines and stuff uh, comes from everywhere, and, and it's impressive. Those three guys are really great leaders. Uh, they carry the load defensively and everything, but uh, they get com- contribution from uh, from everyone. But you know, I, there's one thing I wanted to add though, talking about Connor and and Drysaddle. You know, the stat to me that is the most impressive one, Bob. What's that? Is the fact that Connor is plus nine and Drysaddle plus nineteen. They're more conscious this year than ever about the defensive the defensive play, because you know, in the past, you know. You can't have that amount of points and being a minus. It's so important to be reliable defensively because you're giving the example to all the other guys on the team. You're showing how it's important to be responsible defensively. And now that I see that in them, like now they're in the plus, and then, you know, 
is defensively the more reliable while they're still putting points on the board. To me, it's a stat that is very important. Because when I look at guys on the board that has like that pull up tons of points, but you finish minus 10 in the season, it's just how can you have 100 points and be minus 10, right? It shows that you have no defense. So I think it's good that they keep obviously producing the way that they are, but they still stay reliable defensively. So they become hard guys to play against. George, I'm going to pass something along to you here. Last year, in true five on five situations, Connor McDavid and Leon Drysettle in five on five play were plus players. They ended up being minus players. Remember, Edmonton had the best power play in 40 years, but they gave up goals, uh, you know, shorthanded goals against, which every coach in the league would say, if you give me the best power play in 40 years, I'll give up. I don't mind giving up eight or 10 goals over a six, 70 game schedule. So they got some minuses there. And then because the Oilers in games that they were behind, they're on the ice for goals against with an empty net. And that's what drove their stats. So I'm going to give you a stat right now. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I believe, and this may need to be updated, but last night was the first time that McDavid, the the, the 7-1 goal, the goal that Ottawa scored, George, that because yeah. uh, uh, a guy named what guy, Darcy McLeod's been monitoring this all season long. I, that was the first time in five-on-five play that McDavid and Drysaddle, when they've been on the ice together, they were on the ice for a goal against. On five on five play, they were four, they were fourteen and zero at five on five before that goal last night. Fourteen and zero when they've been on the ice, they'd outscored the opposition. So that kind of puts things in perspective. That's how dominant they and they haven't played a lot of minutes together. They've like, like they've played like under ninety minutes. George, they're scoring at a higher rate five on five when they play together than all but nine of the power plays in the NHL. That's impressive. That That's is impressive. A- but, again, but again, we can't say it's surprising because, you know, they're the top two centermen in the NHL, right? So when you look yes. at that, it's just normal. They're so, Drysaddle so strong and they did it so fast and they complete each other so well. And actually, Drysaddle is faster than most, than a lot of people could think. It's just because he's solid the way he skates. Maybe people can't really see it that much. But, man, when that guy gets going, he's pretty fast, too. Yeah, he, and he's and George, he's been dealing with a bit of an injury. Missed a bunch of practices, and he never misses practices. George, speaking of injuries, Ben Sherratt got hurt for the Canadians. He's part of their top four defense. Uh, they called him part of the Trident last year in Montreal. How much are the Canadians going to miss Sherratt here? Well, uh, first of all, I, I have to say I was surprised that I was to see J.T. Miller mixing it up with him, like square up right after the face-up. You know, J.T. Miller is known. He's a, he's a guy that puts points on the board. And the fact that he was frustrated a couple of shows before with him, and he went with him, I was pretty impressed to see him doing his own battle because most skills guys don't do that. And, you know, in terms of the fight, Sherrod, yeah, on his helmet, he hurt his hand, and he, he was seen leaving with a cast that he's going to be off for a while. And it's crazy because, Bob, uh, people started to complain in Montreal about the fact that they should maybe split up Sherrod and, and Weber because, you know, they're getting a bit, you know, like Weber's getting a bit slower, things starting to be a bit fast for Chad. And they wanted to try, like, someone like Romanov, which is way faster with Weber. So it'll be interesting to see who they're going to pair it up with him. My bet would be Romanov. But, you know, they didn't want that demon, that, that D-Corps to be split up because right now, they, believe it or not, the best defenseman corp is the best pairing in Montreal so far is Edmondson and Petrie. 
as I'm saying, it's plus 26. He leads the NHL. He's been incredible. He could stay back and Peachy could attack. Man, to be honest, could use Peachy right now. But Peachy is playing unreal. He's, he's in a pace so far, as you know, to win the North. But this is the best pairing for the Montreal Canadiens right now. And Charrette, yeah, you could say that it hurt a bit, but I wouldn't say not too much because I think it's not the end of the season, but it'll get the team to be able to try some guys that they want to try it up with Weber to see how things are going to be. And my bet will be Ramanov and will be skating more up and down while Weber could stay back. But at least they'll compensate about the fact that Weber is not as fast. Yeah, and when I mentioned the Canadians have only played seven defensemen all year. Mete obviously comes in. He's only played five games this season. You mentioned that uh, Joel Edmondson, who won a Stanley Cup in St. Louis, plus 26. Drysaddle's second in the NHL at plus 19. Petrie's got 24 points in 25 games. George, love having you on the show. Uh, Calgary tonight, final question for you. Daryl Sutter coaching there. Do you expect some fireworks? Like, do you, do you expect the the, uh, the Flames to bring some emotional energy to the table uh, with Daryl Sutter as head coach? I think the, this is his first game behind the bench. I think the Flames going to win the game tonight. Uh, they, they got backskated the other day. Uh, they said this this game tonight is the turning point of the season. He's going to be very, very hard on the guys. Allen is in net tonight. And uh, Montreal, the second night in two, in two nights. The one game that the Flames beat Montreal, they were very physical against them. They were borderline nasty. I expect the game to be nasty tonight, very physical against the Montreal team that's going to be tired. So I give the edge to the Flames, and I think the, the Flames going to win it. George, we'll talk next week. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. Thanks for having me. Thanks, brother. You bet. That is Edmonton sporting icon, George LaRock. It is 151 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up Oilers Now after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 151 in Edmonton coming up just after 2 o'clock. Global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, 630 Chad Afternoons. Premier Jason Kenney says his government will make a decision this spring on whether to pursue pulling Alberta out of the Canadian pension plan. Uh, but there would be no change without a referendum. Mount Royal political science professor Lori Williams breaks down all the latest with Jayla and I after the 2 o'clock global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Into this day in Oilers history, brought to you daily by uh, Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the team of New West Travel. Uh, we have a couple. I fired one out this morning. Uh, involving Andrew Cogliano. It was on this date during the 0708 season, so 13 years ago today, that for the third consecutive game, Andrew Cogliano scored the overtime winner for the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers went 15-5-1 in their final 21 games. They had a bunch of injuries. Uh, Craig McTavish and a coaching staff that also featured Bill Moores and Rob Dom and Charlie Audi. Uh, was convinced to put the kid line together, a re, uh, sort of 2008 version of the kid line, which uh, featured Sam Gagne at center, uh, Cogliano and Robert Nielsen. And those guys were torrid down the stretch and they went on a pretty good run, but not quite as torrid as this day in Oilers history with Brendan Escott. In 1984, Wayne Gretzky scores twice to give him 350 career NHL goals. He also picked up three assists. The Oilers won 12-2 over the visiting Vancouver Canucks. Mark Messier and Yari Curry each had hat-tricks. Paul Coffey finished plus seven in the game. 
12-2 over Vancouver. Did you see, uh, Brendan, did you uh, see the story in The Athletic uh, sort of comparing the 50-year history of Vancouver with the 50-year history of Buffalo? No. Put, oh, yeah, it's really well done. Uh, Thomas Strance is part of it. Uh, John Vogel, I believe it's Sean. I, I want to get the right writer for the athletic, Sean McAdoo. It's a really humorous uh, piece. <laughs> Just think about that, though, for a second. Yari Curry, 14 five-plus point games. So that's pretty good for a guy's career. Connor's already at seven. Leandry settles at four. Wayne Gretzky, as an oiler, 79. <laughs> like, you know what? I had somebody send me a text today and said, Stoff, when you look at that number, you realize, you know, McDavid's the best player in the world right now. Wayne Gretzky, not from this planet. <laughs> 79 five-plus point games. What's Reed Wilkins got cooking tonight? On Inside Sports. You will hear from Oilers forward Devin Shore, two-time Stanley Cup champion, doing some work with Sportsnet now. Christopher Stieg, your broadcast partner, Jack Michaels, and Edmonton football team president and CEO Chris Presson. Wow, Jack's going to get back-to-back appearances here. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Elliot Friedman for NHL Hockey on Rogers for the River Cree Resort and Casino. From ESPN, who just uh, struck a seven-year deal. We had this actually in the works for about the last week. We bring back Emily Kaplan, a rising star at ESPN. They're going to be a bigger player. And my uh, one of my two broadcast partners, Jack Michaels, tomorrow at 135 as well. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chat Afternoons with Jayla and I. So long, everybody. Have a tremendous Thursday. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.